0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. I am going to continue, though. Uh, in our series, I wanted to talk about what next level living is. We talk about it every week. And so, those who are, are for the first time here, next level living, um, this series that we're going through for this year, is doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow. We're talking about in our spiritual lives, our walks with God, and, and becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Uh, if you want to have a great marriage, you got to get to, you got to strengthen the relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to be a good parent, if you can do this thing, next level living, doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God who gives us the power for all things pertaining to life and godliness, all those other areas of life will begin to fall into place. That doesn't mean life is perfect, but means God's grace will be much more experienced when we're practicing next level living. It's about following Christ. Our theme verse for the year and for this series, as we've mentioned, is Isaiah forty-three nineteen, where God is saying, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. What does God want to do new in your life? We've talked about next level vision our first day. We've talked about next level commitment for the last few weeks. We're finishing that up today. But what is that something new that he has already begun in your life? God is always, always at work in our lives, isn't he? Throughout our lives, every trial, every circumstance, every blessing, every boring day, God is with us. He is with you. He is pouring his grace onto you, trying to teach you something, trying to help us grow into the people that he created us to be. That's next level living. So let's pray. We'll jump right into the message today. And uh, we're going to do a brief review of the last two weeks so you can kind of see where we're at, and then the message will be short and sweet to the point, and you can get on your way, whether you have brunch or lunch or whatever you're going to do. We just want to give you as much time as we can. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you for your grace. Uh, Lord, I ask you just to bless um, all the moms in the room, all the ladies in the room, and bless our service. Fill me with your spirit. Help this message to help somebody. In your precious name we pray amen the last two weeks we have talked about next level we've been in the book of Daniel and uh, we saw that the first week uh, this was Daniel chapter one uh, he was taken captive by the Babylonians and and as a young man uh, the king wanted to give them his food and his wine and Daniel said I can't do that man that's not who I am I don't believe that and the Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat he was determined he was committed I'm not doing that and God blessed him and God prospered him and God's name was glorified and we talked about how that first week that next level commitment sets you apart Daniel was set apart him and his buddies Shadrach Meshach and Abednego they were set apart and did things differently for 10 days ate vegetables and water but God bless so yes they were set apart when everyone was going one way they were going another way But while it sets you apart, we also said that at the end there, when God prospered them, yes, next level commitment sets you apart from the crowd, but it sets you apart for greater things than you could ever imagine. And we've seen God's hand in the life of Daniel. You are set apart for a purpose. The following week, we looked at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Remember I showed the video of the seagulls swallowing those fish whole over in Brewster and we talked about how how next level commitment uh, is not free of risk. It's not free of challenges, but the end result is worth it we said anything of real worth starts with commitment and requires fierce determination on your journey towards that end result and in chapter 3 of daniel we saw that this king nebuchadnezzar made this huge gold statue and said everybody needs to bow down and worship that when the music starts shadrach meshach and abednego these children of god didn't do that they were snitched on they were, the king was in a raid, he threw them in the furnace and we saw that yes, next level commitment to Christ will often lead us to the fire it puts us in situations that are challenging, that are tough, that kind of go against what's comfortable. And yes, we saw in their lives that next level commitment to Christ uh, led them literally to the fire, but it will always lead you through the fire. It may lead you to the fire, but next level commitment will always lead us through the fire. Although my commitment uh, didn't always lead me down an easy road, it always led me to Christ. Although I didn't get the answer that I wanted to the prayer that I prayed, God had bigger and better plans that I couldn't see from my vantage point. And and that's what we've talked about when we've been about next-level commitment the last few weeks. So today I want to be super quick. This is my gift to mothers, a super short message, all right? And I'll just double up on Father's Day, all right? I'll double up on Father's Day because I'll be up here anyway. I'm a dad. It'll be my gift to me. I'll just preach double time. So. But we're finishing, we're finishing up this section of our series on next-level living when it comes to commitment. We've been here, I believe, the last two weeks. And as I was thinking about it, what a perfect day to finish this kind of subseries on commitment next level commitment on a day when we celebrate those who personify commitment who is more committed than a mother who, who gives all expecting little if if anything It's the stereotype of the mom who is like, prepares the dinner, but she's still like the last one sitting down, right? I don't know if you've ever seen a Christmas story with little Ralphie and that quote that he says. He's like, my mother hasn't had a hot meal in over 15 years because the whole scene is, you know, right when she sits down to eat, someone's like, can I get some more calories? And she keeps getting up. Who gives all expecting little, if anything? Who serves others when she herself often goes without, but willingly mothers who never... Gives up? Who never stops praying? Who who never backs down? Listen, I, 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 my mom. She's the sweetest lady in the world. She is. She's sweet and and she's funny and she's so like happy and just kind of bubbly and she's just awesome. But I can tell. I can remember times when my mom went toe to toe with people. There was a lady at our church growing up when I was in youth group. And she gave me a hard time. She was kind of, you know, being rude to me. I was probably being a brat. But either way, this other lady was being rude to me. And my mom found out about it. And my mom went to her and tapped her on the shoulder and punched her in the mouth. No, she didn't do that. She didn't do that. Wouldn't it be funny, though, if Jane Savini did that? No. But, but she, she, she did talk to her. And she kind of was like, did you like that to my son? Like, I remember that. And that's not really like my mom. I've watched my wife, Marissa, the mother of my children, um. Advocate for her children, for her autistic son, for our son who who can't advocate for himself. And I've watched her go toe-to-toe for right, for the right things. Who never backs up? Mothers. And as I've said, we've been in Daniel for the last few weeks. And in Daniel 6, where we're going to finish today, we get to the story that most everybody, whether they grew up in church or not, have heard this story. And this is Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel and the lions. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read briefly through these scriptures. They will not be on the screen. Um, I'll read through um, them as quickly as I can and and kind of jump ahead and things like that. Here's what happened in chapters 4 and 5. We're skipping those. Daniel interpreted yet another dream for the king. Um, And and God uh, actually did some crazy things in the life of King Nebuchadnezzar where he was He made him act like an animal because he was so prideful. The Bible says that he humiliated King Nebuchadnezzar and he he was out in the field eating grass like a cow for a certain amount of time just to humble him. Chapter 5, Nebuchadnezzar is gone and now it's King Belteshazzar. And he is just one of those party animals and he's doing stuff in the temple and just doing not good stuff. And you ever heard the phrase, the writing on the wall? That's where this is from in Daniel chapter 5 when the hand of God writes on the wall a message that nobody gets but guess who understands Guess who can interpret it? Daniel. This guy who has been, uh, you know, promoted and promoted and promoted continually in the book of Daniel. And, Belteshazzar is told through the interpretation of this writing on the wall that his kingdom is going to be destroyed and taken over by the Medes and the Persian people. And that's exactly what happened to the end of Daniel 5. King Darius and the Medes and Persians take over this kingdom. And then we get to chapter 6, and it's now another king that David gets to serve under, and uh, uh, King Darius, and I'll read verse 1. You can follow along in your Bibles if you'd like. It says in verse 1, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. This king is just protecting himself. He's like, I'm going to put a bunch of people in charge of the kingdom, so I don't have to do anything, so it doesn't fall back on me. And I think it's hilarious. So he does. Verse 3. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. The king's like, Daniel is over all the princes, over all the people. And the king's like, this guy's got a great spirit. I want him in charge of pretty much everything. Like the second in command kind of guy. Verse 4. What happens when you get promoted? Maybe you, even because you do a great job. Oftentimes, when you get promoted, you get a blessing. Sometimes the people around you, they get jealous. They get covetous. They, they, they want the same thing for less work. We all know people like that. I've probably been that guy before. Okay, But what happened in verse 4 is we see that the presidents and the princes, these other people under Daniel, sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. They were like, let's catch him in something. Let's mess him up so he can lose his position so we can get there. But they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Daniel was just a good dude. He was a good employee. He did what he was supposed to do, and they could not find anything wrong with Daniel. Verse 5, then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. They said Daniel is committed to his God more than anything else. If we're going to mess him up at all, it's going to be with that. Verse 6, then the presidents and princes assembled together to the king and start brown-nosing and said unto him, King Darius, live forever. King Darius lived forever. These guys are just like, we're going to butter the king up. And obviously, he was very easily buttered up. All the kings in the book of Daniel are easily buttered up. They're just a bunch of prideful maniacs, egomaniacs. I love it. Okay, verse number seven. All the presidents of the kingdom, this is what they're saying to King Darius, these snitches. The governors and the princes, the counselors, the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute, a new law to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, Except thee, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. So they said, King, you're the best, you're awesome king, you're so great, King Darius. We've all talked this through and we think that no matter what anybody believes, that if they want to pray a prayer or ask anything or talk to their higher power, whatever that may be, they have to only talk to you because, king, you're like a god. They can't, for 30 days, and if they don't follow this law, then they're cast into the den of the lion. So the king, obviously an egomaniac, says, hey, that sounds like a great idea. Verse 8, now, O king, establish the decree. Sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. They said, if you sign this, if you kind of give it your signature, nothing can change this law. Even you, king. That's how the law works with the Medes and Persians. So let's make this a firm decree for 30 days, only 30 days. And what happened? Verse 9, wherefore, King Darius, sign the writing and the decree. Verse 10, Daniel would obviously know this is going on, right? He's second in command. Verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Now let me just pause and say this briefly. The Bible says nothing about really the parents of Daniel. But I I, I think we can speculate a little bit and say that Daniel probably had a mother who raised him to believe and be committed to their God, no matter what. I'm thankful for my godly mom. Daniel says, hey, that's great. That's, that's cool that they have a law. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do anyway. I'm going to continue to be committed. Windows open towards Jerusalem, not just once, not twice, but three times a day, I'm going to voc- vocally, publicly pray to my God. Verse 11, these men were ready for it. They assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication towards God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. And they go to him and say, Didn't you sign this law, right? You signed this law? And you put your signature on it? And the king's like, Sure, yes, I did. Verse 13. Then answered they and said, Before the king, uh, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, which is kind of an insult, I think. It's almost like Daniel's so high up, and like, That one of those Babylonian captives that we captured, he regardeth not the. He doesn't care what you have to say, king. He's not listening to you. Oh, King, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but to make this petition, he prays, three times a day. And they're snitching. They're like, Look what he did, King. You signed it, verse number 14. Daniel was so well liked. Says, then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. He said, I can't let this happen. He labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. He's like, I gotta, I gotta protect Daniel. I gotta save Daniel somehow. I gotta take care of him. Verse 15, then these men assembled on the king and said unto the king, No, O king, the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. They reminded the king. These snitches said, hey, what's done is done, man. You signed it. I don't care how hard you're working to protect him. He's done so. Verse number 16, then the king commanded. They brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of the Lord of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. He had, they had these rings with these imprints and they would take this clay or this putty and they would seal it down so that you knew that this was the king's decree. This was sealed up. There's someone down there. Verse 18, then the king went to his palace passed the night fasting. He, he couldn't sleep. He, couldn't, he was sick because he, just, he was so worried about Daniel. He didn't want that to happen, but the law was the law. In verse 18 it says, neither were instruments of music. He didn't want any of the music or the people to come and serenade him. It says his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and he went in haste unto the den of lions. We're talking about next level commitment. Daniel's been in the lion's den for the night. Next level commitment, church, often brings us to impossible situations. It just does. God called my family to move to Cape Cod to plant a church. He knew it was six months before the country shut down because of COVID. That seems like an impossible situation. God uh, uh, led our family to leave a secure job with a paycheck uh, where, where everybody was pretty settled, where we were fairly comfortable to hit the road for a year with four young children, including a child with severe special needs, that seems like an impossible situation. God decides to, 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 to remove us from a very secure uh, housing situation this last fall that we were secure and that was in our budget and, and kind of have us float around and, and be very unsure And in one of the most expensive places in the country to live, especially right now. God has placed us, and next-level commitment often brings us to impossible situations where there really is no answer. Where it's out of our control. I can't do anything about this. But let's see what happens to Daniel in his impossible situation. Verse number 19 says, The king arose very early in the morning and went in haste. He ran unto the den of the lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. Lamentable as in he was probably thinking he was not going to get an answer. Because this was an impossible situation. He cried unto Daniel and the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, capital G, he obviously had some faith Is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? And these next three words of verse 21, there's so much power in them. Then said Daniel. Woo, baby, that's great! In the lions and overnight... Hey, are you still good down there? Did your God save you? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. I love that too. He's probably mocking the other guy. O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel, has shut the lion's mouth, that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no Then the king, exceedingly glad for him, commanded that they should take him up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Daniel probably got a pretty good night's rest. He probably had a lot of soft, cuddly pillows to lay on in that lion's den. God protected him. Next level commitment, yes, brings us to impossible situations that we don't know what to do. But what I love is that It doesn't just bring us to impossible situations. When you decide, I'm going to commit to Jesus Christ and his will for my life, whatever the word says, I'm going to follow. Even if it's hard, even if it's challenging, even if it doesn't make sense, I am committed to Jesus Christ. My life is yours to control. When we make that choice, it will, I guarantee you, bring you into impossible situations. But praise God, it brings us to impossible situations that are controlled by the God of all possible. That's the truth, church. Believe that truth. I don't know how committed I can be because I don't know how I'm going to do this, that, and thing. I don't know how I'm going to follow my dreams. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I don't know how I'm going to. I don't have that gift. God is with God. All things are possible. We, were, we, will, we will inevitably be brought to impossible situations when we decide to commit ourselves to Jesus Christ. But he will bring us through. He's the God of all possible. Let him lead you. We have, we have Mother's Day today. Our moms. New moms. We have new moms. We have I would never say old moms. We have moms who have been doing it for longer than the new moms. We have tired moms. We have weary moms. Stressed and anxious moms. Maybe overwhelmed moms. And some of The moms in the room today, and and, and everybody else as well, but I want to be an encouragement to our moms today, especially. Some of you in the room, you are in some impossible situations, moms. Surrounded by lions of doubt, lions of fear and worry, maybe lions of bitterness that just seem to just roar right in your face and remind you of how hard your life is. And these lions are ready to eat you alive. But you got Jesus. You got faith. You got grace. Grace that is so strong that it shuts the mouths of those lions. And I promise you moms today that that stone will roll off the top of that pit. And the sun will shine and you'll step back out into the light. Stronger in faith. Kept safe by the grace of the one who you are now more dependent upon. And why is this so? Why? How could I make it through that? Because there was a time thousands of years later after this story of Daniel in the lion's den where that stone was pulled off and he came out into the light there was another stone that rolled away because Jesus came and died for you for your sins for my sins was put in a tomb and a stone was rolled in front of that door And the devil thought he won. He thought he had victory. But guess what? Three days later, that stone rolled away. And Jesus in all his power and glory and might walked out into the light. And that power that raised him from the dead lives in us today. The scriptures say that we are given power through Jesus for all things pertaining to life and godliness. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is more than enough. He is more than able. There's a great new song that says, who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Amen. So tired mom, today I'm challenging you. I'm encouraging you to stay committed. He will bring you through. And Christian today, believer today, facing an impossible situation, surrounded by these lions of fear and doubt and worry, stay committed His grace is enough for you you can make it we will make it we will make it thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast we hope the message was an encouragement to your heart please connect with us through our website coastlinecc.org or on Facebook or Instagram send us a message, send us an email and we'd love to connect with you We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again and we'll see you next week.